Welcome to the Top 5 Podcast with your hosts, Rail Bricker and Lindsay Adams. Welcome back. This is Rail Bricker from Perth, Western Australia, running solo today. And my special guest on today's episode of the Top 5 Podcast is Bruce Shear. Now, Bruce lives on an island, which was intriguing, called Vashon Island in Washington State, and pretty, you know, opposite, as he said, opposite to Seattle. So welcome, Bruce. Thank you, Rael. Uh, great to be on the show. So l- let me tell you a little bit about Bruce. Bruce helps businesses and revenue leaders boost growth by showing them how to create go-to-market stories and sales conversations that sizzle. Sounds like the steak down at the local steakhouse, but... um Bruce is the best-selling author with a portfolio of award-winning B2B campaigns and collaborations with giants like Microsoft, Adobe, and Google. Using storytelling and anecdotes from his career, he's a powerful keynoter and engaging practical breakout presenter. So, Bruce, today we're going to talk about the top five tips for getting your sales story straight. Hit us up. What's tip number one? Tip number one. Uh, so j- just for a bit of context, everybody, uh, these tips are drawn from my recently uh, as deemed by Amazon, number one best-selling book, Inspire Your Buyers, Go to Market with a Story That Sizzles. So tip number one is target the right buyers. Real, okay. I can go ahead and push into that and explain why is that so important? Target the right buyers. So uh, I'll, I'll tell that through a quick story. A friend of mine gave me a call. He didn't know he was going to become fodder for my book, one of my better stories about targeting the right buyers. But uh, we were talking about his challenge in selling an English language platform into the China market. And so I was like going, hey, yeah, I won't mention him by name, but I'm like going, hey, what's your value proposition? If you had to give me your value proposition, one, two, three, or no more than four words, what would it be? And he said, confidence. I'm like going, confidence. Hey, let's let's back into this a little bit. Who are you selling to? And he's like going, well, you know, I'm selling to, you know, leaders of language schools over in China. I go, and they're looking for confidence from you? He goes, no, not really. You know, they're trying to increase their enrollments. That's what they're trying to do. Uh, but the students, they want confidence. You know, they, they want to learn English so they can go have a wonderful career, you know, in, in English-speaking countries or, or, you know, move into different types of areas in their life, get into great schools. They want confidence. I'm not going, oh, so I'm so glad we talked about this. Sounds like uh, you're, you're mistargeting your buyers. Your real buyer is that head of the language school. They're the ones writing the check for this whole thing. What do they want? They want increased enrollment. So, you know, that, that's the importance of getting dialed in on who's the right target buyer or buyers, you know, in, in complex business decision-making, it's six to 10 people, but who within that buying committee do you really want to design your narrative for? That's tip number one. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the truth of it is in any B, we confuse B2B and B2C. And, and, and I saw in your bio that you you obviously talk about B2B campaigns um, mm-hmm. and, and the people targeting an ultimate product for the consumer just just forget about the fact that they actually have to do B2B selling, not B2C selling. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, Professor, I, I know um, he talks about who are you selling to, the who are you selling your dog food to? And he did this huge study for one of the largest dog food manufacturers in the world. <laughs> and uh, they segmented the buyers 
into six different segments and none of them were dogs. They were all owners. <laughs> okay, Bruce. So moving on, we've targeted the right buyers. What is tip number two? Tip number two, Rail, is spotlight the problem. So this whole thing is going to market with a story that sizzles. So if you're going to tell that narrative, that strategic narrative, who, who's the hero in that narrative? It's the buyer. So we've targeted the right buyer. That's tip number one. Tip number two, now spotlight their problem. And there's a lot of research around this. I'm sure you've even seen it, um, where leading with that problem has probably twice as much effectiveness in motivating someone in change and perhaps buying something from you than anything aspirational or the solution itself. So I always you know, work with my clients to, hey, let's figure out what that problem is and then let's spotlight it. And then when you think of an analogy of a spotlight, anything that's in the spotlight is brightened up and you can see it crystal clear and everything else is in the dark. And so, and that's exactly what I'm trying to do in that strategic narrative as we go to market with a narrative that sizzles. Let's spotlight the pro problem and make sure the buyer and ourselves have fundamental agreement in the problem that, that, that exists in the world. They either see it or they don't see it. We spotlight it so they definitely see it. And, and if everything works right, they become very uncomfortable with that and they want to move away from their status quo. Okay, so so let me ask the question. Looking at the large corporate buyer, right? The whatever they may be, the large corporate, thousands of employees. Is the problem spotlighted for the CEO who's never really actually the decision maker? I mean, the decision maker is going to be delegated to a whole team of people. Um, I, you know, in my experience, I've seen that the CEO's vision of that problem in the spotlight is very different to the delegated team. And how do you bring those two together? Yeah, uh, very often there's multiple parties in the buying decision. As we'd mentioned, probably six to 10 people right now. Uh, one of the latest stats, I saw 6.8 buyers in a complex B2B decision. And um, you want to really target in on who, who are the some of the ultimate decision makers and what's the big problem that you can expose for them teach them something about it and make sure they want that problem to go away. So that might be the CEO or it might be a functional leader. It really depends on the solution and, and the buying context. Uh, but you really want to hone in on, on who is making that decision. And, you know, even though there's 6.8 in that buying committee, you got to figure out, navigate a little bit, you know, who is that ultimate decision maker or decision makers, if it happens to be a couple people, and really uh, craft that narrative around them. Of course, that might change in certain unique circumstances, but I'm talking about a go-to-market story that sizzles that will, will work most often. So, so okay, so let's just, so we've targeted the right buyers, we've spotlighted the problem. Hit us up, tip number three. Tip number three is um, very often I, I lead with a trick is that now we talk about the solution. No, we don't. Tip number three is envision the outcome. And I learned this from a guy named John Chambers. He, he built this little company called Cisco Systems. And I think when he joined, it was about a $60 million company. And when he stepped off uh, the Exco, it was about a $40 billion company. Huge, huge run. And I met him over at the Consumer Electronics Show down in Las Vegas a couple of years ago. And one of his sellers asked him, hey, John, you know, what's your number one tip 
for sellers. And he said, don't sell products, sell outcomes. And, and he's absolutely right. You know, so problem first, spotlight that problem. Tip number three, envision the desired outcome. What's life like for that buyer when that problem goes away or is mitigated and they start to get the big benefit that you're talking about? What's, what's their world look like, both for their organization, for them? And, and help them envision that. That's very motivating for them. So we're leading with the problem. Then we get into that uh, aspiration, that excitement of what's possible if we change. That's tip number three. And so, you know, at the, I guess you, you've jumped a step that most salespeople fall into a trap of because they've highlighted the problem and then they've told people about the solution and not how good they're going to feel when it's when it's implemented. And so that kind of segues into your tip number four. Absolutely. Yeah. So now that we've got that buyer excited, you know, excited and, you know, because they're afraid they, they now see that problem exceptionally clearly <laughs> and, and that's very hurtful. But you've introduced the, the excitement. Tip number four is now it's time to what I'd call showcase the solution. What I mean by showcase is you know, highlight that solution for, for all its glory, but not too much. I talk about the big solution versus all the little features, functions, and benefits. You want to, you want to illustrate, you know, the, the, the bigger picture of that solution. Uh, most decision makers, they don't have time to get into the nitty gritty. Maybe people at a different pay grade with more time will spend time really kicking tires and getting into it. But when, when you're with that decision maker, with your narrative, you want to keep it up up a level at this big solution level where you can showcase that solution. I mean, that, that's a common sales problem I've seen is people diving into, I call it going down the rabbit hole. You know, I'll tell you. Suddenly they down into the rabbit hole of so much detail that the vision of what is the outcome has been lost. It's so true. Yeah. The other day, a founder reached out to me and said, Hey, Bruce, I got a new platform. Can we schedule time? I'd love to demo it for you. And that meeting never happened. That, that's about the last way I'd like to spend my time, you know, looking at somebody else's stuff. You know, he, he didn't hook me on the problem he was solving for me <laughs> or, or the outcome that he was promising. And chances are I was completely the wrong buyer. But yet he wants to jump straight to it and get straight to the solution. I, I see it so much, Rail, uh, with, with all the organizations that I serve. It's normal, especially for more junior or uh, inexperienced sellers, to really get into the solution. And that's what everybody's trained upon. And that's, that's what we're comfortable in presenting. But it's truly the wrong answer when you're dealing with some of these complex, uh, expensive B2B decisions. Okay. And I mean, I think that, and, and ultimately, I you know, I can't agree more that, you know, the the buyers are not the people, the buyers will have people underneath them who will deal with the detail. As long Absolutely. as that, as you said, the desired outcome is showcased by the big solution. And you so got you've, got, you've got to that point in the sales conversation, which could be, you know, one hour or six months, we don't know, in, in the process. You know, what's next? Tip number five. Tip number five is what's next. It is next steps. And uh, in, in completeness, it's prescribed next steps. 
So, and that's typically missed so often. You know, when I start an engagement and I work with my clients, I'll, I'll say, hey, what are the prescribed next steps that you have for the buyer to support that buying journey? And it depends on the organization, but most often it's uh, 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 not, not much. <laughs> you know, you know we, we figure it out. And, and that's just the last place you want to be. So, you know, the, the, the best place to be is, hey, at the end of that dialogue, that narrative, you're saying, hey, based on the conversation we had and based on my experience, here's some of the next steps that I'd like to recommend. We'll do A, B, C. Then we'll, ha- we'll have everybody come back and make sure uh, we're all aligned and all in agreement. Then we'll do D and E. You know, so really set out that buyer's journey and the different steps and the go, no-go decisions that hap- along, happen along that journey to make sure that you know, to support that buyer in buying. And uh, it's just about that simple, deceptively simple rail mastered by few. I rarely see that done well. Well, I mean, it, it, it's it, it's in classic terms when you see people running expensive advertising with no call to action. Uh, yeah, yeah. You know, it, that yeah. is effectively, you know, in, in whatever level you're looking at it, that is your call to action. Um, it is it, it is, okay, great. We've now... You know, envisage this big solution as 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 meeting your outcomes, and now don't leave it in their hands. I mean, depending on the people you're dealing with, obviously sometimes you have to say, you know, let's l- let me send you some more data and 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 or some more information, and let's regather next Tuesday. That's the next step. Yeah, and most itself. often sellers like go, hey, Rail, this is a great conversation, or or you might go, hey, Bruce, I got to go. And I'm going to go. Well, but but wait. Next steps. And you're going and you're going to say, "Hey, send me some information. We'll meet internally, and I'll get back to you." Or even worse, rail. You might even say, "Hey, Bruce, send me a proposal. We'll look it over and get back to you." Yeah. Typically, that goes into a thousand watts of silence, lots lots of energy, and then I'm chasing you. And hey, you know what's going on? And you know that it's just the wrong way to do it. You you got to schedule time to have that concerted discussion around next steps and have those. Hard coded. It doesn't mean the buyer has to do that. You're going to go. Here's my recommendation. What else would you add, or what would you change? You know that open ended question, just to make sure you're collaborating with them. Okay, fantastic. So, so Bruce, I mean, this has been. You know, it's not an area that a lot of people get right, which is the big end of town B two B sales. I think. I think we're probably as a society a bit jaded because. We we live in Google time and, and Siri time where decision-making is instant. And when you're asking large corporates to make large decisions, those take a lot of time. Um, and, 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 you know, I love the top five tips for getting your sales story straight. You know, it, it, you didn't talk about selling. You said getting the story straight. How do you do that? So, Bruce, if those if anyone listening would like to get hold of you, to explore this, to use your 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 expertise in helping them get their sales story straight, what is the best way to get hold of you? Yeah, the best way is probably to come over to inspireyourbuyers.com. And uh, I just gave you high points, these five tips. But if you want to dig in a little bit deeper, um, the best-selling books out on Amazon, you can also reach it, see it off our site at inspireyourbuyers.com forward slash books. And uh, so that that's a lovely place to start. 
Uh, if you want to connect with me, you can do that off of expireyourbuyers.com or on LinkedIn. I, I'm at B Shear, my last name, S-C-H-E-E-R. And I'd love to keep the dialogue going. Fantastic. So thank you very much, Bruce Shear from Vashon Island in Washington State. Uh, the closest city that most people recognize is Seattle, which is across the water, as, as you said. Thank you very much for joining me on the Top 5 Podcast. This is Rail Bricker signing off for another edition of the Top 5 Podcast.